Hey everybody, welcome to Expression Church and it's an honor and a privilege to have you join with us this morning and uh, what a great day it is and uh, the Bible says this is the day the Lord has made, amen and it doesn't matter what you feel or how you're feeling today but remember this, this is the day the Lord has made and we got a choice to make and our choice should be that we will rejoice in him amen because he is god who is faithful so welcome to expression family welcome to uh those that are joining us uh online you may be around new zealand you may be overseas uh we're really enjoying actually uh being able to connect with people even outside new zealand uh in australia south africa london america it's been fun to connect with people and just uh appreciating God for technology because it's so important for us to be able to connect together in this time of isolation and what we're going through as the world. Amen. And so I hope you're excited. What a great testimony we've had from May. Powerful testimony. And uh, wow, that, that it's, in the, it's, it's for me as a pastor, that in itself encourages me to know we've got people in the church who are full of the word of God and when they go through various trials and tribulations that they can stand firm in the truth of the word of God. Amen. So it's my honor and privilege to pastor such an amazing church, such a passionate church, such a gifted church and such a generous church. So it's my honor and uh, Pastor Kairos honor to serve you guys. And uh, hey, this morning, uh, you know, I just want to quickly uh, say a couple of things before I jump into my message. Uh, number one, uh, make sure that you connect with us after the service because we want to bring in this virtual connection. Uh, you know, we log in, log out, but I thought we should do something more than that. So straight after service, uh, we're going to log in uh, on Zoom and connect. Bring your coffee, tea, whatever fancies you bring that, and let's just sit down and just have a chat. And also remember the children's church starts at 10 past 11. So parents, make sure that the children are logged in with their connection so you can move into this other connection on another device. Amen. So that's the other one. The other thing that we, I really felt, uh, just talking to a few people in the church, that we need to really press into prayer and uh, during isolation time. And it's been wonderful for us to come together as the family of God and to press into prayer. You know what? A prayer is what connects us with God. A prayer is what really breaks open doors that we cannot see in the natural realm. So praying is important. Our opinions, our ideas, our words, they're good. But what's more important, what moves God is not our opinions. What moves God is prayer. So we've been praying every night at 8 p.m. and uh, on Zoom. Uh, links will be sent out. A link will be sent out to you for the week soon. And uh, eight o'clock, we come together. We pray. There's no. Uh, 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 we don't want to put any guilt on you. But my high recommendation, as your pastor, is to make sure that you take time to join us in prayer. Amen. So I'm excited about this morning's message, and um, I, I've titled it as "Choices in Isolation." choices in isolation 
because we got a lot of choices we can make. Amen. So before I jump into that, let me just pray. Father God, I pray that you speak to us. I ask you that you open our ears to hear, open our hearts to, uh, Lord, hear what your spirit is saying to us this morning. Lord, make us hungry to your word. Lord, we thank you for your protection that you put upon people. On Sophie, we thank you, Lord, for protecting her arm and uh, that it was such a quick response from the from the medical department, Lord, to, to look after. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your faithfulness. And I know there are many people out there, even in the midst of losing jobs and whatnot, God, you are faithful. So we look to you, mighty God, and we ask you, Jesus, that you speak to us, Father God. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. Choices in isolation. I've been thinking about this word isolation. You know, we are all surrounded with this terminology isolation. Now, isolation is, is a, it can be a good word, can be a bad word, because it's all about the choices you make during times of isolation. And how you use the time determines uh, what really is going to ha happen in your heart, but also what happens through you. And, um, you know, uh, I was... Um, the, the, I was looking through the meanings of isolation and I looked on Google and isolation means separation. Isolation means segregation. Isolation means solitude. And so uh, it, it, it separation, we're all uh, socially separated at the moment. Uh, and uh, I was also thinking, you know, the dangers in this sometimes is the emotional separation and more far more deeper danger is the spiritual separation. Guess what? Don't ever lose that spiritual separation with God and you. Amen. So I was watching a, a TV program. I love um, military stuff. I love all the army, the war, uh, even um, uh, World War II history. I love those kind of things. So uh, one night I was watching this uh, uh, military uh, documentary on uh, uh, Nat Geo. And... Um, uh, one of the comments that one of the commander was making really got my attention. He said that the strategy to win over the enemy, the strategy to be on top of the enemy is number one is isolate the enemy. Number two is to in intimidate the enemy. And number three is to neutralize the enemy. Number one is to isolate the enemy. And number two is intimidate the enemy. And number three is neutralize the enemy. And I began to think, I said, man, that is so true. Because I know someone else, and I'm sure you know this too, who likes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. John 10, 10 says, the devil only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And his way to do it is come to us in a time of isolation when there's no one around, and he will attack us. Now, he may not attack you with a weapon in his hand. He will not attack you with a knife in his hand, but he will attack you with a thought in your mind. And that's the plan of the devil. He always brings thoughts that are contrary to the word of God. And if you are familiar with the Bible, if you're familiar with some of the stories about Jesus, Jesus fasted for 40 days. And on the 40th day, when he's just coming out of the fast, the enemy, the devil attacks Jesus himself. He found Jesus to be hungry. He found Jesus to be tired. He found Jesus alone. And the devil goes to Jesus. If you are really son of God, 
why don't you turn these stones into bread? And of course, Jesus replies back to the devil. Amen. I love this. Even though the devil is tricky and his crafty plans, the only way you can fight the devil, that's what Jesus was teaching, is with the word of God. So it's important, church, for you and I to have the deposit of the not the knowledge and the information of God, but the truth and the revelation of God deposited in your heart. Then you will be able to say exactly what Jesus said. He said, man shall not only live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen. Today, you and I have a weapon in our hand. It is not weapon in the carnal realm. It's a weapon in the spirit realm. And it is mighty through God. And it's called the word of God. So I want to encourage you, no matter where you're sitting right now, maybe you're sitting in your lounge here in Auckland, or maybe you're sitting from overseas tuned in. Let me tell you, the word of God is above all other things. And he has the power to cut through lie. He has the power to cut through depression. He has the power to cut through confusion. He has the power to cut through insecurities. He has the power to cut through every uh, uh, thought that tries to exalt itself above the name of God. Amen. So, so that's the enemy's plan. Proverbs 18, 1 says this. Proverbs 18, 1. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desires. He rages against wise judgment. A man who seeks, isolates himself. Proverbs 18, 1. Seeks his own desires. He rages against all wise judgment. Make sure that you isolate yourself at this point socially. Don't ever isolate yourself from the wisdom and the advice of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And godly people. I tell you what, I get very bored by listening to my own thoughts. And also, can I say, if I start believing in my own thoughts all the time, I'm in great danger and walking off the track. So that's what God said. God's intention is, you see, remember when God said, looked at Adam, he made everything perfect. Everything was beautiful. But when it came to Adam, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. We are not designed to be alone. We are designed to be alone. Even in our alone times, we are to connect with God. We are to commune with God. We are to fellowship with God. Because when, you, when no one's watching you, what are you thinking in your mind? When no one's watching you, what, what is your behavior? What are the things that you are doing? Because guess what? God's watching us. Amen. So make sure you do not isolate yourself and fall in, in, in the danger where you start rejecting wise judgment. Amen. It's, it's a, a, a Solomon trying to encourage, encourage us. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says, Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. I'm reading this from New Century Version. But in other versions it says, Guard your heart out of it flows the issues of life. Amen. So it says, be careful. It's like it's, so, Solomon's writing to be careful. Careful, you who are watching me this morning. I want to encourage you be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Amen. 
You're torturing us. Look at us. The mental health in our nation is a huge problem. Where's that coming from? It's coming in how we think. And we've got to remember that we think on th things that are of praiseworthy, that are noble, that are holy, that are pure. And uh, Paul writes that in the book of Philippians, he says, think of these things that will uplift you. Amen. So your thoughts run your life. So can I ask you, what's running your life? What kind of thoughts are running your life? Are those thoughts full of life? Are those thoughts full of death? What, what is running your life? Amen. You know what? We are called to actually as a Christian. If you are a Christian, how do you become a Christian? Not by just knowing about God, not by being born in a Christian family makes you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is when you invite Jesus in your heart personally and say, God, I repent of my sins. Now, anytime into my life, that's what makes you a Christian. That means a follower of Christ. And the Bible teaches us in Romans 12 too, that do not um, conform to the patterns of this world, but renew your mind by daily reading the word of God. And that shows us that we are to isolate ourselves from the worldly things. We, a Christian life should be a life of uh, a segregation. A Christian life should be a life of a separation that we don't um, uh, do what the world does, but we live in this world, but we're not of this world. Amen. So we're going to renew our mind. The world might be terrorized, but we, we don't have to. We have Christ. And we have hope in Jesus name. Amen. And Judges 13, 3. It says here on isolation. It says, Judges 13, 3. You know, isolation. There are two types of isolation. As I said, number one is your choice. Number one is you when you're forced into isolation. Doesn't matter what the isolation. Make sure that you isolate yourself to bring Christ in your life. This is the angel of the Lord appearing uh, to Samson's mom before Samson, Samson was born. And now it says in verse uh, 3 of Judges 13, uh, the angel of the Lord is saying this to uh, uh, the lady here. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed now you are uh, uh, barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Fantastic promise. Verse 4, it says, Now therefore, be, be, uh, please be careful not to drink wine or similar, similar drinks and not to eat anything unclean. Now, every time when we want to give birth to something, uh, give, you know, in the natural realm, yes, when, you, when you're pregnant, the advice is do not drink. Don't drink. Be careful what you eat. A mother or a, 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 a expectant mother always watches what she's eating, what she's drinking, and uh, her lifestyle, how, how many hours she's sleeping, whether she's getting enough sleep or not. She's got to look after herself. Why? Because she's got a baby to look after and bring a healthy baby into this world. And so it's the same thing for us that we as children of God, if we want to birth godly character, if we want to birth godly nature within us, if we want to birth Christ-like uh, attitude and Christ-like image, there are certain things that we've got to abstain from. There are a number of things. There are a number of things. Our worldly thinking is um, when, I'm, when we begin to speak, 
are we speaking exactly the way the world speaks? The world's language is, it, it's, it's pulling people down. It's insecurity, tall poppy syndrome. Uh, other countries, there's racism. All those things. There's so many worlds where world's language. But for us, we got to speak life. Amen. We got to speak hope. We got to speak uh, uh, joy into people's life. And so it's important that we make sure that we watch what we eat. You are what you eat. There's a, I think there's even a book on that. You are what you eat. And I really believe that because the word of God is like the, the Bible said, says that he is the bread of life. Amen. You are indeed what you eat. If you eat the word of God out of your abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So choices in isolation. You know, there's so many things. A lot of people, I'm actually concerned by some people. I am genuinely concerned. They have seen this opportunity of isolation to just kind of binge watch or binge play Xbox or binge um, laze around and sleep or binge eating, you know, and uh, there's a lot of binging going on at the moment. My, my other thinking is also there's a binge negative thinking too. You know, people have seen this in isolation and I'm t telling you, this is not the time to just kind of go, oh, well, let's relax and let's just chill out. Yes, you can relax and chill out. I'm not uh, against that. But what I'm also saying, this is a time for us to press into God. There are a lot of people in the Bible that have been pushed or forced into isolation and also in a very inhumane and very gory uh, way where they were beaten and abused and thrown into prison. And yet in that isolation, they managed to please God. And this morning, I really want to actually um, put my foundation of my message in Acts 16, verses 16 to 40. Acts 16, verses 16 to 40. And um, it says here that uh, the story, this is about Paul and Silas. Now, Paul and Silas, this is Paul's second mission trip. And Paul goes out on this mission strip and is preaching the gospel. People are getting saved. And uh, in the process, specifically, there's uh, in chapter 16, Lydia gives a heart to God. And uh, then, then he's ministering and teaching God's word, Paul and Silas. And then there was this girl who was possessed. She was a fortune teller. Uh, can I tell you, fortune telling is not good. And this lady was a fortune teller. And uh, her masters were making money off her. And then Paul, she was uh, pestering Paul. She was hassling Paul and heckling Paul. Um, and wherever Paul went, she went with him and she, he got irritated with her. And he got quite frustrated with her. And so, so what Paul does is Paul the, commands the spirit in Jesus' name to come out. And the girl gets delivered. And then when the girl gets delivered, her masters get quite worried because they're going to lose income. So they plot against Paul and Silas and they go to the magistrate and he commands them to be beaten by rods and, um, and, throw, and to throw them uh, in, in prison. So what they do is they strip their clothes, Paul and Silas's clothes, and they beat him with rods beat them with rods and throw them in prison. And, and, and I'm just telling this story because I'll pick a few verses in here. And then Paul, 
and uh, Silas are in this prison. It's like the the high level security, you know, level four prison, if I can say that. And uh, so Paul and Silas were thrown in this prison, and there were other prisoners around them, and there are a lot of guards around them. And so here they are, Paul and Silas, beaten, abused for doing something right, yet they got persecuted for it. And so Paul and Silas begin to sing songs and worship God. And maybe they were reading the word of God too. And then the earthquake strikes and the, <clears throat> the, the prison doors break. And Paul and Silas and the other prisoners were set free. So the jailer gets very fearful about this and he was about to kill himself. Paul, Paul says, don't do that. And, um, and then the amazing thing is the, the jailer and his family give their hearts to God. And Paul and Silas uh, were apologized by the magistrate. And then they send them to, uh, out of the village or town. So this is the story in Acts 16, verses 16 to 40. I want to pick a few scriptures from here. Because if you look at it, the bad drop is Paul and Silas were beaten, were abused, were uh, stripped of their clothes and probably they had whiplashes, they had sores, they were bleeding and now they've been shackled with chains and thrown in level four high security prison and there they are sitting and so I want this is I want to bring three points from here this morning to us and the first one is isolation should lead to intimacy with God isolation should lead to intimacy with God because Paul and Silas were thrown in prison let's look at verse 25 of chapter 16 of Acts but at midnight Paul and Silas were singing hymns to God Paul and Silas were singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Isn't that wonderful? Paul and Silas were singing to God. They were worshipping God in isolation. They were worshipping God in isolation. It's not a comfortable isolation. It's quite a rough, uh, hard, uh, torturous environment. And yet with all the bruises, all the cuts and all the bleeding and all the maybe blood that was dried. Imagine the stench. Imagine the, the environment, the, the unhygienic place that they were in, dark, old. Maybe there were mice running and maybe there was a lot of smell in the place. We don't know. But they were thrown in isolation. And guess what? You compare that isolation with your isolation, what, where you are right now, that's not even isolation. Okay? So here they were in isolation. They made a choice in isolation to what? To have an intimate relationship with God. Intimacy. What is intimacy? Intimacy is when two people come together and they become one. Okay? Intimacy is not just about the physical nature. The intimacy is, is actually about emotional connection. There's a heart-to-heart -heart connection in the natural realm. But intimacy with God is about a spirit and spirit connection. Intimacy with God is about God's heart and our heart connecting together. Intimacy with God is about our minds connecting with God and tuning our minds with His Word. 
So intimacy is very important. The first commandment in the Ten Commandments, it says, I am the Lord your God, and they shall, you shall have no other gods before me. So Jesus is our God. We got money is not our God. Amen. Come on, somebody. If you were there, I would have high-fived you right now. You know, money is not our God. And uh, sports is not a God. Hello? My children are not my God. I live for my children, but they follow me. Amen. I don't follow them. They don't control my life. I control their lives. That's the right order. My kids are laughing in the background. <laughs> and, and they even say that sometimes they say, Dad, you're abusing us. I'm not abusing you. I'm teaching you how to be a good child. Okay? So... So sometimes, you know, what, what are some of the gods in your life? For some people, work. You are a workaholic. All you want to do is work. And now all of a sudden, you don't have to work. You don't know what to do with yourself. Maybe you are biting your fingernails or you're irritating your spouse. I don't know. But I'll leave it to your imagination. If husband and wife are listening to this, you can nudge each other. Okay? And so what is your God? What is your God? And uh, the Bible teaches us that David in fields, David developed uh, intimacy with God, connecting with God. David connected with God and David had an intimate relationship with him, with God that is. So when David knew, when, the, when Goliath came, David didn't, look, David didn't go out looking for a battle. David didn't go out looking for a fight. David didn't go out looking for who cannot prove that I'm strong. No. But when David heard, actually David took lunch for his brothers, if you read the story. But when David saw this massive big Goliath, what did he do? He knew his position in God. A lot of us, COVID-19, when you look at COVID-19, what do you do? Do you run or do you stand and kind of speak against that in Jesus' name? Prayer protection over yourself, prayer protection over your family. David got up and he said, how dare you come, come, come against the one true living God? That's what he said to Goliath. And of course, the, this is a new, well-known story. He kills Goliath. So my problem, my point is this, that the, what, what, where do we find ourselves? Our intimacy builds our position in God. Our intimacy builds our mindset in God. Our intimacy helps us to stand on, our, on, on the word of God. And so we've got to have that intimacy with God on a day-to-day -day basis. That's what Paul did. He worshipped God in spite of, he could have uh, accused the magistrate. He could have said, I want to write a complaint. He could have said a number of things, but he chose to worship God. I want to encourage you, don't choose to be fearful during this time of isolation, but choose to worship God because your God is powerful, is all-powerful, than any COVID-19. Amen. All right. Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. Build intimacy with Christ. Read the Word of God. Jesus in the garden. Intimate time with God. Sol solitude. Isolation. He built time in the presence of God. Proverbs 18.10 says that, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Amen. The name of God is a strong tower and righteous run into it and they are safe. God is our strong tower. 
God is a mighty refuge. God is a fortress. Hallelujah. So run into Christ. Don't run away from Christ. Run into Christ. Your hope, your peace, your life, your purpose is found in Jesus. Not outside Jesus, but in Jesus. Amen. Number two. Intimacy with God brings increase. Intimacy with God brings increase in your love for God. Love for people. Passion for God. Passion for people. Revelation from God. And also helping people with that revelation. Intimacy will bring increase in your life. A hunger for God. Intimacy with God will bring a hunger in you. A thirst within you. Blessed are those who are hungry. For they shall be filled. Blessed are those who are hungry. Are you hungry for God? Intimacy brings that increase. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Don't read it like, oh, I have to read. I, I did that when I was a kid. When my parents forced me to read the Bible, I was like, oh, okay, I read it, finished, done, move on. It's not a chore. It, it should be a, a desire, not a duty. Spending time with God should be a desire, not a duty. And so when you do that, you have an increased capacity. You know, we are more, far more well equipped with infrastructure, technology, uh, tools, equipment, gadgets, devices, you name it. We are far more equipped today than ever before in the history of the world. Amen. Yet, we feel quite uh, uh, alone. We feel quite limited. Because our increase doesn't come by accumulating things. Our increase comes in our intimacy with Christ. So I want to encourage you. Isolation should help you with intimacy. And intimacy will help you grow and grow. And I've got a sub points on this. Number one in Paul's story. Number one here is desire to forgive. Paul chose to forgive. What a great attitude to have. If you've thrown me in prison, if you've thrown me out there in prison and asked me to sit there and, um, and, and be beaten, I tell you what, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just kind of be nice to you, I suppose. And I don't, I've never been thrown in prison, so I can't really say it. I'm just cooking up a story. Or I, I don't know what it would be like, but for Paul to have a heart that is so soft and that he begins to sing to God with Silas, that they begin to praise God in the midst of this. And so he was able to forgive the people. Isolation often brings issues of life or the matter of your heart really uh, brings to life. That's why a lot of people avoid issues and keep themselves busy. Guess what? That's only a coping mechanism in the world. But it will come to catch you and it will come back to bite you one day. If not now, in a few years time, it will come back to bite you. And that's why people like to keep themselves busy to avoid problems. But I'm saying, when you're isolated, everything hits the roof. And so you've got to understand, Paul and Silas chose to forgive. I love this. I'll share a few scriptures here with you. It's in 22 to 24, uh, verse 22 to 24 in Acts 16. Then the multitudes rose up against them, and the magistrate tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Look at the abuse here. And let's jump to verse 28. 
But Paul, but Paul called with loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. But this is when the jailer was about to kill themselves, kill himself. You know, often we see movies when the prison doors open, they go kill the, the jailers. They kill the prison guards. But Paul is yelling out to the prison guard, hey, don't kill yourself. Don't hurt yourself. We are all here. Look at the sense of forgiveness in Paul's spirit. And verse 39, it says, then they came and pleaded with them. This is the magistrate, the officials that came to plead Paul and uh, Silas. And they said they came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city. Now it just shows how Paul displayed forgiveness. Amen. Now that that character is built when you have intimacy with God and then your increase for God's love will help you forgive people. Your desire to please God helps you forgive people. Are there anybody in your life that you need to forgive today? You can't do it in your strength. You need Jesus' strength to help you forgive. If you don't forgive them, guess what? They will move on, but you are the one that will be stuck in that place forever. The choice is yours, what you do with that. Okay, and then the desire to proclaim. This is when you have an increased love for God, based on intimacy with God, you have a desire to proclaim. Uh, verses 31, 31 to 32. So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord with them and all who were in the house were saved. Amen. Paul and Silas were in a place of prison and isolation, abuse, hurt, pain. Yet they are thinking about proclaiming God's word. And increasing your intimacy with God gives you the desire to forgive and also gives you the desire to proclaim God's love. So I'm asking you, uh, you know, I don't think any one of us who are here this morning listening to me, you're not in this place of being beaten and broken and, and stripped and uh, in the, your clothes, stripped off your clothes and stripped in your back. But yet these guys managed to proclaim the God's, God, proclaim God's word. How much more should we proclaim the love of Jesus Christ? How much more should we declare the goodness of God that he alone is the savior of the world he alone no one comes to the father except through me said Jesus he alone is the bread of life he alone is the prince of peace he alone is a wonderful counselor he alone is a provider he alone is a shield a refuge he alone is the king of kings and the lord of lords so we are to declare this Jesus to the world, this Jesus to our neighbors, this Jesus to whoever you interact with, your colleagues. Jesus is our salvation. Amen. Number three, increase of God's God leads to godly, godly influence. Increase of God leads to godly influence. And in verse 25, when Paul and Silas were singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them, what you do will impact other people. You have an opportunity in isolation to influence. Paul was influencing in his isolation. Intimacy brought increase, increase brings influence. Amen. He was influencing the, the prisoners. Verse 30 to 34. And it says, and he brought them and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Wow. This is the jailer saying that. He's saying, sir, what should I do 
to be saved. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in the house. And he took them at the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and his whole family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into the house, he set food for them. And he rejoiced having believed in God with all his household. I love that influence. Guys, you have time for influence in isolation. You have an opportunity to influence people. Maybe it is your spouse. Maybe it is your child. Maybe it is your grandparent. Maybe it's vice versa. I don't know what relationships you are in. You have a choice to influence each other for God's glory. When we come out of this isolation, we have an opportunity to influence. So make the right choice to have intimacy with God. Make the right choice to have uh, an increase of the passion of God as you have intimacy with God. And that leads to influence. So I hope that you're making the right choices during isolation. That your mind is full of God's word, not full of worries and concerns. That your heart is full of Jesus Christ. That there is out of your belly, the Bible teaches, shall uh, flow rivers of living water. So the question, what's flowing out of you? Is it the life of God or is it, is it just worries, concerns, limited and restricting you? The choice is, is yours what you do in isolation. Amen. So as we close this morning, I want to just pray very quickly. As we've been doing, I want to pray. If you're listening to me, you don't know Christ personally that you've never invited Jesus in your heart, I want to tell you this is an opportunity for you to commit yourself to God. I want to read this scripture once again. The last scripture I want to read and pray with you is in Acts 16, verse 30 and 31. And if you look at it in verse 30, the jailer is saying, Sir, what must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Your household will be saved from the plans and the, the tricks of the devil and the tormentation, how the devil tor torments us, you know, uh, you, you will be set free from that because when Christ comes into you, you begin to renew your mind with the word of God. And those that know God, can I encourage you to renew your mind in meditating on his word and spending time with God. Get yourself, become a student of the word and get hold of the word and the truth and that will set you free. So I want to pray with you this morning as I close. The choice is yours as to what you do in times of isolation. My friend, if you don't know Christ, Jesus Christ, he is your life, he is your salvation, he is your answer to your problem. Only in him you will find true meaning of life and purpose in life. So can you pray this prayer with me? Because only Jesus Christ can save you. Please pray this prayer with me. Every eye closed, every head bowed, please. Dear Lord Jesus, I commit myself to you. I repent of my sins. I repent of my arrogance. I repent of my pride. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me with your blood. Now, Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you. Come into my heart. Take your rightful place. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. I commit my mind, my heart, 
my will, my body to you. Do what you must do. Be the Lord of my life. Lead me and guide me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.